thankful. So if you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 8. This is Vision Sunday. Somebody say Vision Sunday. Today I'm going to be sharing with you what God has been speaking to Pastor and I for 2022. 2022. And the Lord has given me a single word that we're going to declare over this year. And we're going to live by this word. It's going to be my title, so I'll give it to you in just a moment. But verse 49, and when you're there, say amen. The Bible says this, while Jesus was still speaking to her, now let me give you a little context. Her is the woman with the issue of blood, okay? When he was still speaking to her, a a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. And he told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. We could stop right there and say, we've heard the word of God today. Don't be afraid. Just have faith and she will be healed. And when they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James and the little girl's parents. And the house was filled with people weeping and wailing. But he said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. And then Jesus took the little girl by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Now, I'm going to give you our vision for the year, and I'll explain it a little more in a moment. Our word for 2022 is this, awakening. Somebody say awakening. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, it's time for an awakening. It's time for an awakening. Father, we thank you so much for the presence that is already in this room today. We ask that your word would go deep in our hearts, our spirits, and our souls, and we would live this life the way you've called us to. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. You may be seated, but on your way down, just touch your neighbor and say, are you ready for an awakening? Now, I've been out of the pulpit for two, three weeks now, so I'm ready to preach to you today. Are you ready for the word? I don't know about you, but there's one thing I hate in life more than anything. I hate being late. Anybody else like me in the house? I hate being late late. Being late is not only a pet peeve. You can ask my staff. They all know. But it makes me anxious. Is anybody else like that? If I'm late, I'm, I'm starting to get a little anxious. It's one of my big pet peeves. I know some people say, well, pastor, I'm fashionably late. Listen, late don't look good on you. Late don't look good on you. There's nothing fashionable about it you just plain late, boo-boo. you just plain late. Somebody say late. late. But there's sometimes we're all late, and then there's other times where us being late is out of our control. Now, I may get in trouble, and honey, I love you. You look gorgeous today, and I'll buy you whatever you want for lunch today. But sometimes it's the person making us late that God has called to be our helpmate. I hear some amens in the house. Some of y'all better keep your hands down. You're going to get in trouble after this service today. 
Come on. God called her my helpmate, not a late mate. (laughs) Hashtag dad jokes. Come on. And of course, I'm kidding this morning. But sometimes in our life, there are moments where being late is out of our control. There's nothing we can do about it. And here we see the same scenario happening happening with Jesus. A prominent religious figure has a dying daughter. His name's Jairus. He knows what to do. He knows what to pray. He's a man with influence, money, and power. And he has come to Jesus because he has heard that Jesus can change things. He's heard about the miracles that Jesus has performed. He's heard about the the deaf ears he's opened, the blind eyes that now see. He's heard about Jesus. He's heard that Jesus can change impossible situations. And Jairus has done the right thing in the middle of a terrible situation. Have you ever been there? Where you're in the middle of hell and high water and you've done everything that you know to do. I've prayed, I've fasted, I've gotten on the prayer chain, I've posted on Facebook, pray for me. I've done everything I know to do. But still my situation hasn't changed. But he's done the right thing by coming to the one who changes it. And so now he's walking with Jesus. Jesus is going to change the life of his daughter. But in the middle of Jesus coming, there's a disruption. There's a disruption. Don't you love disruptions? I love disruptions when I'm driving on Scottsville Road and somebody doesn't turn their blinker on and just cuts in front of me. And I have to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Don't you love disruptions? Come on. Don't you love when the Internet stops working? First world problems, right? Come on, don't you love when the paycheck doesn't come in when you need it? Don't you love when the person doesn't answer the phone that you need to talk to? Disruptions. Somebody say disruptions. And here in our text today, the disruption is another woman who is in a desperate and dire situation to see God move in her life. It's the woman with the issue of blood. We don't know her name. We only know her by association with her problem. The Bible says that she has gone 12 years with continual bleeding. The Bible says she has given all of her money. She's done everything she could to do. She's gone to every doctor. She's gone to the Mayo Clinic. She's gone to the CDC. She's done everything she can do, but the issue hasn't changed. And so in the middle of Jesus coming to perform a miracle for Jairus' daughter, there is a disruption with someone who was desperate enough to touch Jesus. Are there any desperate people in this room this morning? I know I am. Holy disruptions. Now, if I were Jairus, I'd be going nuts. I'd be like, Jesus, come on, we got to go. Like right now, my daughter's dying. This woman's just got a little blood issue isn't it funny how sometimes God moves for other people the way we thought he would for us and I believe how you handle the moment where God is blessing someone else is how he will bless you in the next moment come on because Jairus could have said Jesus you're crazy I need you to move right now but he stood there and allowed the Lord to have his way And do what he wanted to do. 
That's why I don't get mad when somebody else gets the breakthrough, but I don't. Because mine is on the way. Come on, somebody. That's why I don't get mad when so-and-so gets a financial miracle, but I didn't. Because I know if God can do it for them, he can do it for me. Come on, somebody. Jesus, we're going to be late. And verse 49, the Bible says that while he was still speaking to the woman that he's healed, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus. And he told him, your daughter is dead. Your daughter is dead. Now, when I'm preparing and studying to preach and just when I'm reading the Bible in general, I tried to look at things from the perspective of someone else in the story. Now, I have a little girl. And I can't imagine doing all the right things and the breakthrough still not coming because Jesus was praying for someone else. Your daughter is dead. Your daughter is dead. Jesus was late, and now his daughter has died. How frustrating it is when you've done everything right, but it still ends in hopelessness. Is there anybody in the room? And maybe in the last season, we've been declaring that this is a limitless season. And you say, Pastor, I don't feel like I've been in a limitless nothing. Am I talking to real people today? Pastor, it don't feel like I've had any breakthrough. I've done it all right. And it hasn't turned out the way I wanted. Jesus, why did you have to do it for the woman who could have waited? Why did you have to do it for the person that didn't have to have the breakthrough? This is frustrating. And this is what Jairus was feeling. Because now the expectation he had of Jesus performing a miracle has now become hopelessness and fear. His expectation has now become complacency because the situation that he thought Jesus was going to move in, he has not done anything. His joy to see Jesus perform a miracle has become the sorrow of death. And the messenger tells him not only that his daughter is dead, but now he says there's no use troubling the teacher now. He's talking about Jesus. There's no use troubling Jesus now because there is no hope. Can I tell you something this morning? Ready for this? Trouble Jesus. I said trouble Jesus. Even when it looks like there's no hope. It may feel dark in your life right now, but trouble him. Come on. It may, the doctor may say that there is no hope for you. But trouble Jesus. I know your bills are due, but trouble Jesus. I know your son and daughter has been in the gutter and addicted to drugs for 20 years, but trouble Jesus. Trouble Jesus. That's why Hebrews 4 and 14 says, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, we must hold firmly to what we believe because Jesus understands. Ugh, he understands. Some of you have been saying, Pastor, no one knows what I'm going through. Jesus understands. I feel like preaching this morning. He understands. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace. So here's the word for you this morning. Come boldly to Jesus. 
trouble Jesus. I don't know what you're going through today, but trouble Jesus. Come boldly to his throne. I wish you would preach with me. I dare you right now, if you're in the middle of a hell situation, to give some trouble to Jesus. Come on, give him a hand clap right there and trouble Jesus. Don't get complacent because he's the only one that can give you the solution you need in your life. I know your boo-boo may not answer the phone when you call, but Jesus will answer every single time. It's like the old song, call him up, call him up, tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line. Come on, trouble Jesus. Trouble Jesus. Just nudge your neighbor and say, you got to trouble Jesus. Come on, you got to trouble Jesus. I can't get off this this morning because some of you came in here this morning with no hope. You came in here this morning with a dire situation, but the Lord says, trouble me. Just ask me. Trouble me. Bother me. Get a hold of me. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Trouble me. Trouble Jesus. Then in verse 50, it says, but when Jesus heard what was happening, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. This is his response. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I know in the last two years, it's caused many people to live out of fear. Don't be afraid. Somebody say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of COVID. Amen, Pastor Andrew. I'll come preach back here if nobody's going to say amen to that. COVID is not stronger than Jesus, y'all. I know it seems like it. I know it seems like all of these issues are stronger than Jesus, but they're not. You've been lied to. Come on, somebody. Come on. Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't be afraid of inflation. I live in the kingdom's economy. I don't know about you. So it may be inflated out there, but it's not inflated in my house. Come on. Don't be afraid of war. Don't be afraid of mandates. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be afraid. Somebody say, don't be afraid. If you don't hear anything else I say today, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I believe the next move of God that the world is going to experience is coming from a place of faith, not fear. Don't be afraid. Instead of being afraid, what did Jesus say? Just have faith. Just have faith. Somebody say, just have faith. And here's what he said. Have faith and she will be healed. Jesus gave her a guarantee. She will be healed. So I want to tell you this morning, if God has spoken something to you, if he's given you a word, I know you want to operate by faith right now, but by fear, but have faith because if God said it, he will do it. He will do it. So don't be afraid this morning. Now write this down if you're taking notes. Many kingdom citizens never access the supernatural because they live by what they see. We can't live by what we see. We have to live by, somebody say faith. 
If you live by what you see, you'll always live by fear. You'll live by fear. Because you'll see what everybody posts on social media. You'll see what the media puts out. You'll see what so-and-so says. And you'll just live by what they say instead of what God says. Come on. I must live by faith. Somebody say faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Faith gives us access to the unseen. Faith gives us access, get this, to heaven's already done. To heaven's already done. God has already moved in your situation. It just hasn't been released from heaven yet. Come on, somebody. That's my kid. Just ignore him. He'll be all right. Come on. Live by faith, buddy. Faith will give you access to what God has already done in the supernatural. Well, pastor, I just don't know. It doesn't look like God is going to come through. I know what it looks like, but get your faith up. I know what it seems like, but get your faith up, somebody. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, get your faith up. Start believing again. Some of you have come through a season that's caused you to not believe anymore. But you need to get your faith up. Come on. Give somebody a high five and say, I know what it looks like. Come on. Give somebody a high five. I know what it looks like, but I'm living by faith. Come on. Declare it to someone. You're too quiet this morning. I know what it looks like, but I'm living by faith. Declare it again. I know what it looks like, but I'm living by faith. You're about to get this. I know what it looks like. But I'm living by faith. Now give the Lord a hand clap of praise right there if you believe it. I know what it looks like, but my daughter will be healed. I know she's dead right now, but she will be healed. Come on. I know our city is a mess, but our city will be one for the kingdom of heaven. Come on. I know that your son is lost, but he will be saved. I feel like preaching this morning. I know it looks hopeless right now, but God will make a way. I know. Have faith, Jairus. She will be healed. Have faith. She will be healed. Now, in the middle of your faith, there will always be people who don't believe. There will always be people that don't believe. Her name is Negative Nancy. Come on. Fickle Frank. Come on. And Faithless Fanny. Some of y'all are going to have babies in 2021 and you should name them Faithless Fanny in Jesus' name. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> there will always be the negative person in the room. Am I talking to anybody this morning? There's always going to be the person, well, I don't know about that. Fickle Frank. Well, God can't move that way. God can't do that. Verse 51, when they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him. Now, let me say this. Who you allow in your room matters. 
I said, who you allow in your room matters. Fanny can't go in there. Frank can't go in there. Come on. Nancy can't go in there. Who you allow in the room matters because not everyone will have the faith that you do. Who's in the room matters. It matters who sets the atmosphere of your room. This should help you this morning. Because some of you have been tied to some really toxic people who have been speaking against the thing that God has spoken to you. Get them out of your room. Come on, he only lets certain people in there. It matters who sets the atmosphere. Now here in our text, the atmosphere was sorrow. In fact, the Bible says that there were people weeping and wailing over the death of Jairus' daughter. And what's even more interesting is at this time, there were people in every town that you could hire to go and weep over a situation. I know some people like that. You buy their lunch and all of a sudden they've got you thinking that your life is over. Come on. People who professionally cry and wail and weep. I know some people like that. It matters who you let in your room. And the atmosphere in the moment was sorrow. And many right now in your room, you have a room full of crying people over the death of your destiny. Come on. There's people in your life right now who are saying, oh, I'm so sorry God didn't come through for you. Come on. People in your life still talking about your depression. People in your life still crying over your divorce. I feel like preaching this morning. People still crying and wailing and weeping over your life. But here's the thing. In verse 52, it says it was filled with the people weeping and wailing. But here's what I love. Here's what Jesus said. Stop the weeping. Stop the weeping. Somebody say, stop the weeping. Can I give you a translation? The, the Pastor Andrew Butler translation of stop the weeping. Shut up. Some of you all need to go home and just tell some people, I know this is coming from a pastor, just shut up. Some of you all need to go unfriend some people on Facebook, and that's your way of saying shut up. I'm not listening to you anymore. I'm not listening to you talk about my destiny and my purpose and my calling and who my spouse is going to be and what I'm going through and whether God's done it or not. Just shut up. Shut up. In fact, we just need to tell the devil to shut up. Come on, when he starts telling you that God's never going to make a way, just shut up, devil. Come on, you don't know my purpose. You don't know what I'm going through. Just shut up. Somebody say, shut up. Come on, stop speaking in my atmosphere. This atmosphere is an atmosphere of faith. There's no room in this room, come on, for fear. Come on, shut up. Shut up with your fear. Shut up with your negativity. Just shut up. I don't care. I believe that God is going to do it. Is helping somebody this morning? Some of you can have breakthrough whenever you want, but you're still stuck in what other people are saying about your life. 
You can't plant a church in the middle of a pandemic. Really? Shut up. Your kind of church won't grow in a city like this. Shut up. You'll never grow beyond what you're doing right now. You shut that mess up. I said, you shut that mess up. You'll never receive healing. Shut up. You don't know my God. Come on. Somebody said this over somebody I know who dealt with alcohol at one point. Well, there's too many bars around for you to have victory. Shut up. Shut up. I know this sounds rude coming from me this morning. I'm sorry. But just shut up with the negativity. Come on. Tell the devil to shut up. Stop weeping. Somebody say, devil, shut up. Shut up. So Jesus was able to tell them, get this, to stop weeping because he knew more than they did. Stop weeping because she isn't dead. She's only asleep. He knew more than they did. She's just sleeping. Now, verse 53, but when the crowd laughed at him, isn't that funny? They went from weeping to laughing. Bunch of fake friends, if you ask me. Don't you love those people that can weep with you in one moment, but then they're laughing at what Jesus said the next? Come on, somebody. They went from weeping to laughing. They laughed at him because the Bible says they all knew that she had died. But remember this morning that Jesus knows more than they know. He knows more than they know. So I want to declare to you this morning that your enemy may be laughing at you right now, but stand your ground because you know more than your enemy does. Your situation is not dead. Come on. Your situation is not dead. It looks dead. It feels dead. But it's just asleep. Come on. Our staff was talking recently about how it just feels like our city is in a lull. It feels like our city is asleep. Does anybody feel that? Great people. I love Bowling Green. It's the most amazing city on earth. You can't argue with me on that. But it just feels like people are asleep to God. And even the ones that go to church, not everybody, but it just feels like people are asleep to what God wants to do. Because I don't know about you, people get real lazy when it comes to God. Come on. People are asleep. And I know sometimes it looks hopeless. But I want to tell you today, our city is not dead. She's just asleep. I said our city is not dead. She's just asleep. Come on, you can give him a hand clap of praise right there. Go ahead. Our city is not dead. She's just asleep. And I know right now it doesn't seem like there's a move of God in this city. 
but she is just asleep. She is not dead. Come on. We came here for nothing less than a move of God. And there is coming a moment where Jesus is going to reach out his hand to our cities and wake her up. Come on. Bowling Green is about to wake up. Come on. Bowling Green is about to get out of her sleep and experience the touch of Jesus. Ooh, touch somebody and say, we're about to wake up. Come on. Come on, we're about to wake up. Our city is about to wake up. This little girl is not dead. She's just asleep. And then in verse 54, the Bible says that Jesus took her by the hand. Now, what's interesting about this is if she was really dead, Jesus touching her was against Jewish law. Because you cannot touch any dead thing. Come on. The law said, I can't touch things that are dead. But Jesus knew she was just asleep. So Jesus broke Jewish laws because it wasn't the way it looked to everyone else. So here's the word from that. In this season, we're going to do some unexpected things because we see things from God's perspective. I'm going to say it again. In this season, we're going to do some unexpected things because we don't see things the way that everyone else does. We see it from God's perspective. So we're going to do things like there's a thousand people showing up because we see it in the supernatural. We're going to do things like God has already moved the way we want him to because we don't see 40 people. We see 4,000. Come on, somebody. He's not dead. She's just asleep. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up, get up. Jesus wasn't quiet about it. The Bible says he was loud. Somebody say loud. Here's the word. God's about to bring an awakening to our city and we will not be quiet about it. I came to announce this morning that an awakening is coming to our city. I said an awakening is coming to our city and we will not be quiet about it. Do you believe that this morning? A move of God is coming. I said a move of God is coming. And in verse 55, at that moment, the moment Jesus touched her, her life returned and she immediately, somebody say immediately, immediately stood up. God is about to disrupt the current narrative some, with some immediately's. You know what I love about immediately? It happens immediately. Come on. God can shift things immediately. Somebody say immediately. And then the Bible says that Jesus told them to give her something to eat. And I thought this was interesting. Why would the first thing you do after you raise the girl from the dead be to tell her to eat? You got to feed things that are alive. We have to feed what God is doing. And in 2022, we are not going to stop feeding the miracles that God is performing. Our word for 2022 is awakening. Somebody say awakening. You still with me this morning? God wants to bring awakening to our city. 
And as pastor and I began to pray, we felt like God gave us five things that we're going to strive for and believe for this year. If you're taking notes, I want you to write these down. Number one, one of our goals in 2022 is to feed 10,000 people in our city. I said, God wants us to feed 10,000 people in our city. Because how can we feed a man's soul if we've not fed his belly too? Number two, we want God to grow our Sunday encounter to over 300 people. Number three, now I want to explain this one before I give it to you. In February, we're going to be launching something called Cultivate. Everybody say Cultivate. Cultivate is a, a three-week experience that will happen before church for people to go through, learn more about our mission, learn more about who we are, core values, all those good things, learn more about themselves by taking a spiritual gifts test, and be able to get connected with serving. It's going to be a beautiful thing. It's going to be so good for the health of our church. And something we're believing for in 2022 is for God to bring 300 people through Cultivate. So we not only want to grow our service to 300 people, but we want 300 people to go through Cultivate and become servants. Come on, because we're going to need people to help with that 10,000 meals number. Come on. Number four, we want to gain access and influence to our school system. And number five, we want to have over 500 people in near groups in 2022. This is what we're believing for. We're believing for awakening. But here's the thing. Can I share with my, my heart with you for a moment? This will not happen because of me. This will not happen because of me and Pastor Faye. This won't happen because of our staff. It will happen when we as a church, all of us, collectively, Get a hold of the vision that God has for our city. His vision is awakening. And nothing less. Our city's not dead. She's just asleep. I said our city's not dead. She's just asleep. And this year, we're going to bring her back to life through awakening. Now I know what you may be thinking, some of you. Sounds awful daunting to me. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I remember writing down the number 10,000 and thinking, oh my Lord, is that really attainable? It is. We serve a God this morning who's calling us to live by faith. 
who's calling us to live by faith. What do we see right now? We don't see that much. But when we see through the lens of faith, you know, I have to wear glasses because I'm blind as a bat. (laughs) And when I wear these, I see everything clearly. When I don't, things are blurry and out of perspective. But when I put them on, it causes my eyes to align the way that they should. Some of us have been looking at our lives and at our ministry and at our church without the lens of faith. And so I'm telling you this morning to put your faith back on. I said, put your faith back on. Because there was a time where maybe some of you used to believe for the miraculous. But you had a disruption. And it caused you not to believe anymore. But today, the Father is calling us to not fear, but have faith. Not fear, have faith. I've said this before, but I want to say it again. COVID's not the new normal, y'all. It's not. I know it seems that way. You know what's really healthy for you? Turn the TV off. Delete your Facebook for a couple of weeks. Come on, somebody. It's amazing how clear you can hear God when all the the other voices have been muted. Don't fear. Have faith. Don't fear. Have faith. Your situation's not dead. It's just asleep. Our city's not dead. She's just asleep. She's not dead. I feel the Spirit of God in this place. If you will, stand with me all across this house.